We're starting a new series I'm super stoked about called Relationships. And you guessed it, it's about relationships. And we decided not to do something that specifically talked about marriages or specifically talked about this or specifically talked about that. What we're trying to do is come up with some principles that have uh, to do with every single relationship you're in. And hopefully at the end of this six weeks, give you some tools that you can take into all of your relationships so that they can be um, healthier than they were from the day we started this series. And so we are uh, excited about it. I'm super excited about it. Um, One of the things that we all have in common, uh, that you have in common with every single one of your relationships, there's one thing in every single one that applies to all of them, doesn't matter who it is, and that is you. You are the common denominator of all your relationships. And so what we want to talk about this morning is a kickoff to this series that if we don't get this part, it's going to be really difficult for us to get all the other parts. The idea that you are bringing yourself into these relationships, that you're bringing all of your junk, all of your stuff, and that our relationships are super, super important. As a matter of fact, what I've seen over the years in doing ministry and just in having at least one relationship um, is that... Oftentimes, and maybe it's not true with you, but it is with me, oftentimes the relationships that are the most important are the ones we take for granted. The relationships that are like the most important are the ones we don't necessarily invest in as, as well as, as we should. And so what I wanted to do this morning was talk about something that's in all of us that we take to every relationship that can damage it. And I wanted to spend this whole morning talking about this thing inside of us that if we don't get it under control or at least we don't identify it and know how to corral it, it's going to kill our relationships. And to the extent I would say that we can corral it, that we can understand it, that we can allow the Holy Spirit to speak into it, our relationships will grow healthier and healthier, at least our part of the relationship. We can't be responsible for how the other person's going to respond. We'll talk about that in future weeks. But for our side of the relationship, what we're going to talk about this morning is critical to healthy relationships. What we're going to talk about this morning is the idea of insecurities. We all have them. We've all been issued them by Parents, coaches, whatever. We all carry around with us body type, um, intellect, where we've gone in life, where we thought we should have gone in life. We all carry around these insecurities. And uh, I I was watching a a show on uh, ESPN. It's a couple years old on Herschel Walker. I don't know if you know who Herschel Walker is. He's probably one of the greatest running backs ever. And he happened to be uh, a Heisman Trophy winner when I was in high school. He was in college, and I was playing football at the time, and I was a running back at the time. And so I loved Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker was one of the most sought-after high school players going into college that, the, that we'd ever seen. And when he went to the University of Georgia, he broke all the records his freshman year. As a matter of fact, some people were saying he should have won the Heisman his freshman year. He went again his sophomore year, did even better, still didn't win the Heisman because at that time they were looking for longevity. They wanted to see a person who had a, kind of a lot. Now they, you know, if you, whoever has the best year, that's the, that's the guy. Finally, his junior year, he wins the Heisman. Again, shattering all the records. 
His junior year, he leaves the University of Georgia to go into the USFL, an upstart competition to the NFL. And they sign a, he signs a $4.2 million contract, unheard of at that time. As a matter of fact, he really paved the way for a lot of NFL players to get more money because he was getting paid that much money. And the USFL allowed you to leave school early where the NFL didn't. And so he left his junior year. Some people said that if he had stayed at the University of Georgia for his senior year, they would have won another national championship and his records would have been, no one would have gotten even close to where he went to. Well, the USFL went bankrupt and so he goes into the NFL and he's successful there as well. He started a multi-million dollar business, uh, food business that is, makes millions. He was in the Fort Worth Ballet Okay, he, uh, he just missed making the U.S. Olympic team in sprinting. He was on the U.S. Olympic team in two-man bobsled. They came in seventh, but anyway, he was able to do it. And so who's going to complain? Here's a picture of him playing football for the University of um, Georgia. He has a fifth-degree black belt in taekwondo. He's the only NFL player to get 4,000 yards in rushing, passing, and in uh, kickoff returns. All right? Here's what he looks like now. So, he's, so I'm, I'm 47. Uh, he's 52, okay? Here's what he was like at 48, just to kind of give you an idea. That's Herschel. On the, he's the one on the left, by the way, just so we're clear. Um, so I, I've got a year. I've got a year. I'm 47. I've got a year. And uh, yeah, there's no, no, no. Here's what you might not have known about Herschel Walker. All through elementary school, he was bullied. He was kind of chubby, and he stuttered, and he didn't do very well in school. And so he was bullied all the time. Plus, he was uh, an African-American youth in a white environment at a time, well, yeah, yeah, they were still at that time, where if you're different in any way, it's, it's beat-up time. And so during this documentary, they began to weave in this thing of what it was like to be bullied in elementary school. And you began to, as you watched, even as he was getting all these accolades, realizing, man, he hasn't gotten over this. He's still struggling. His dad would give him a quarter every day to spend on a snack. And what he would do is he'd take the quarter and uh, he'd give it to somebody so that they could use it for a snack just so that they'd talk to him. And he said, here's this guy, a grown man. He's already accomplished all these things. He, in, when he was that age, 48, he joined mixed martial arts. Like, the guy's just like, who, how could Herschel Walker be insecure? And as he talks about giving that quarter to that guy, he, he recounts and he says, he says, it was so worth it just to have someone talk to me for a minute. And then they'd go on to bullying him again. Listen, you think to yourself, well, so in other words, if I'm really successful, I can get rid of my insecurity. And see, we buy into this lie all the time. Uh, We have these insecurities, then we think, if I can just make this much more money, if my body could just look like this, if I could just be this smart, and so we we think we can kind of self-esteem our way out of our insecurities, but we cannot. Herschel Walker could not. He still carries those insecurities with him. Now, at the time Herschel Walker was doing that, there was another uh, gentleman playing football. Uh, that was uh, me uh, in, in high school. It's my freshman year. Now, I want, I want to show you something because this is, this is fantastic. Uh, this right here, while it looks like constipation, uh, 
is actually insecurity. Like the reason I'm doing this like tough guy thing and my hair is long and is because I was incredibly, incredibly insecure at this point in my life. Going into the ninth grade, my junior high years were horrible. And I was just carrying all that pain and just horrible stuff into high school. And at high school, I was going to reinvent myself to be this, you know, that, right? All right. Now here's, here's by, um, here's by, junior year. Uh, the Lord got a hold of me between my freshman year and my junior year. And uh, I realized I wasn't that good of a football player. And I realized that football was probably not going to be what identified me. And I realized I really liked playing football, but yeah, I was average, whatever. And I didn't care what the team did or whatever. I, I was still super competitive. Don't get me wrong. But my identity wasn't wrapped up in me being a football player. My identity wasn't wrapped up in what could I prove to somebody. Now, I, the re, oh, let's get off of here. I should have had another slide because I just, we'll just go back to, yeah, the ladies are just like, can you go back to the Herschel Walker one? Okay, <laughs> thanks. I just wanted to make sure. All right, we'll, we'll just go, go back and sit on that one for just a little bit. Um, don't, don't send me any letters on that, okay? I just, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in the mood for it. Um, but those pictures of me in high school show a, a place where my, where my insecurity, I was able to, to, to get rid of my insecurity. I was able to control it. I was able to understand it. Let's put it that way. And I was able to allow uh, what Christ did on the cross address that insecurity. Now I'm 47 years old. And my hope would have been that in all of my insecurities, I would go from tough guy to happy guy. But as I've looked through my life and as I've seen and as I've been able to analyze, I've realized there are still some insecurities that have never gone away. And I would bet, if you're honest with yourself, you sit there with that same thing. Maybe it's, uh, I'm just not very smart. Maybe it's your body type. is just a body type that for some reason is not valued in today's society. Maybe, maybe you're not tall enough. Maybe you're not short enough. Maybe you're not uh, successful enough. Maybe you think you're clumsy. Maybe you think you're, uh, you get in the way. Or maybe you think that, that everyone else looks at you. Maybe you have a mole. Maybe, you know, uh, p- pick it. I put these plants up here because as I was going through and thinking about my own insecurities and thinking about the people that I know and their insecurities, and um, I, I noticed, isn't it, isn't it funny when you're around an insecure person, isn't it exhausting? <laughs> like, like if you have a boss that's insecure, it, it's just like, oh man, or, or you have a friend and they're insecure and they're constantly asking you and, uh, you know, this and are you mad at me and I don't know. And, or you are around someone who's insecure and they're constantly trying to overcompensate for this thing that they're insecure about. And isn't it true that it's so much easier to see in them <laughs> than it is to see in you? I put these plants up here because these different plants could kind of represent us and we could be, they're all healthy, that's the thing about these plants. They're all healthy. I just bought them a few days ago. Um, and so, but this plant, this one might be insecure because it's kind of skinny. Um, it, it, and, it, and, it's, and it doesn't have flowers like this plant does. And so if we turned this plant to look at, because it's looking out here right now. We're going to turn it to look at you. And then, oh, this plant might be like, man, I just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to paste some flowers on myself. 
I'm going to get a flower job, okay? And so to make up for the fact that I don't have flowers. And so, here, but here's the thing. This is a, <laughs> serious, I'm not in the mood for letters this week, so don't know if it's okay. But okay, here's the thing. This is a cherry tomato plant. And so if you allow this cherry tomato plant enough time to grow, all of a sudden it's going to have cherry tomatoes. And maybe this plant is like, tomatoes, I just have flowers. This one should be a little insecure because <laughs> it's small and you just, it's a cactus, you know. And this one, this one, this one's kind of cool. It's a perennial. I don't even know what that means, but it, it just looks cool. I'm not really good at this kind of stuff. So, um, but here's the thing. They're all healthy and they're all created differently and they're all unique and they all can do things and they all can't do things. Now, what I want to do is spend the next bit of time talking about how do we get past these insecurities? Because the heart of insecurity is fear. We're afraid we won't be accepted. We're afraid we won't make it. We're afraid of all these types of things. That's the heart of insecurity. And so I want to talk about how do we get past this? Um, my dog uh, last week ago got sprayed by a skunk for the third time. I know. It's like, wow. You know, and like, dogs are really smart. Okay. Um, but the dog got sprayed, and, 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 and I was asleep when the dog got sprayed. And my uh, lovely wife started screaming. Um, and, and, and so I woke up, and I go out, and I, I grab the dog. And I mean, it is, it is just like, it is not a good way to wake up, uh, is to like have a skunky dog. So I just like throw her in the bathtub. I'm putting water on her and all this kind of stuff. And, 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 and all of a sudden, it's like, I think we got it. It, it didn't smell in the house, like after just like a half hour. So I go outside and I, I get, get the trash, put the trash out or do something manly or awesome and uh, uh, chop some wood or something. Uh, when, when I came in, I was like, oh, it stunk. But I'd gotten used to the smell inside. Every time I go outside and I come inside, I'd smell that smell. And I thought the dog was okay, but even now we're like a week, I don't know, 10 days after, the closer I get to that dog, the more I'm like, oh, God, really? It stinks. This is exactly how insecurities work in our relationships. The, 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 more, the less we address them, they're just going to stink every, in every relationship we have. As we begin to address them, the closer people get, the, st- the more they can still smell it. But we can continue to get that off of us as best we can. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to look at one section of Scripture real quick. We're going to go through that. that. That's the vision of what God has for us in our insecurities. The first section of Scripture is the vision. The next two little sections of Scripture are the means. How do, we, how do I get rid of my insecurities? How do I control them? How do I identify them? Okay? So let's go back to, uh, back to this. Can I just, that's this beautiful, gorgeous hair. Just very, very good. Here it is. Philippians chapter 3 uh, verses, uh, we'll look at 3 through 4 right now. For it is we who are the circumcision. Okay, again, this is a weird way to identify yourself. Um, you know, we don't typically do that. Uh, maybe you do in the circles you run. I don't. It says, we who serve God by a spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus. 
Now listen, and put no confidence in the flesh. In other words, my intellect, no, I put no confidence in that. How much money I make, I put no confidence in it. My body shape, I don't put any confidence in that. You know, who my friends are, how successful I am, how funny I am. Paul's saying this, I I don't put any confidence in those things that I would typically be insecure about. A failure of mine, I put no confidence in that. And so the thing you'd say is, well, then you probably haven't accomplished very much. You know, that's just your crutch, Paul. And Paul says, I have some reasons to have confidence in, okay? He says, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. He goes on, he says, uh, if anyone thinks to have confidence, I, ha- I have more. He says, circumcised on the eighth day is a big deal, okay, for uh, at this time to the people he's writing to, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and they would all go, oh, you're from the tribe of Benjamin? I didn't even know that, okay? His, his family um, history, Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee, very smart, very disciplined, very highly respected. This is what he's saying. As to zeal, I persecuted the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. He's the Herschel Walker of Pharisees. He's got his black belt in the law. He start, you know, he's a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's got his everything all together. He says, I, I got all that stuff. All the stuff that you'd want to have, the stuff that you think that once I get it, I made it and my insecurities are gone. He's like, I have. I, I had it all. You know what conclusion Paul came to? This is the conclusion your heavenly father wants you to come to. Here's what he says. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss. So I started a successful business and we made millions and I was, I was on the cover of Forbes magazine. I thought that was awesome. But you know what? It's not that it wasn't awesome. It was the opposite. Anyone who's in accounting, your, 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 de- your credit just became a debit. It just went from one column to the next column. That thing where I, you achieved whatever physical thing you were trying to achieve that you thought, man, I made it. It's not only not a gain, it's a loss. The, the success you made, you know, uh, in, in your intellect, in your pick, just pick whatever it is. All those things, you're just, instead of money, just success or, or, or popularity or, or the thing. You made it to a certain thing. Paul says, you know what? Here's what your heavenly father wants you to know. You, it's loss. He goes on. He says, what's more? I consider everything a loss, <laughs> okay? Why? Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Paul got to a spot with Jesus that was so valuable to him. There was no insecurity, there was no striving, there was a calmness, there was a sense of, oh, he's got me. Even if I strove for this thing, even if I got it, it would be a loss. I count all of that stuff as loss in view of the surpassing value of just being filled with Christ Jesus, 
with that kingdom perspective rolling through my mind. With when, I, when, I, when I watch a world or a culture that their whole job is to tell me how I should be insecure and how their product or their thing would then fill that void. I, I, I look and I say, no. Knowing Christ Jesus is that. He says, I, can, I, can, I, I consider them garbage. The garbage is not as strong a word as this Greek word is. We'd, we'd use the word crap. If, to be honest, no letters, <laughs> that I may gain Christ, that I may gain Christ. He, he goes on, he, he, he just expounds on this and he gets to this one part where, where, where you're almost begging the question, hey, so what if, what if, is it bad to, to make, like, if, if I'm really good at something, is that bad? Like, that's kind of the way you'd go. Like, should I just become a monk and just think about Jesus all the time? And what if I'm really good in business and I could kind of make a lot of money? And he goes through all this kind of stuff and he says, you know what? He boils it all down to this. Here's the thing. I've kind of found the secret. If you're making lots of money and you're successful, just be fine. You're content in that. If, if, you, if you made all this money and, and the market crashed and you went all the way to here or whatever, it's no big deal. He says, I've, I've been content with lots of money. I've been content with no money. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And he says, well, could you, you see, Paul, could you just boil that down to one statement for me? Could you just, you know, I get it all, just one sentence, maybe something that I could memorize this week, okay? Maybe something that Tim Tebow could put on his little eye things. Maybe something like that. A famous verse, okay? I can do all this. Now, some of your versions say all things, whatever. Realize the context. However the world is going to value me by my size, by my brain, by my money, whatever, all that kind of stuff, I can, I can handle it through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Okay, now, now imagine what this would look like when it came to your insecurities. As you walk into a conversation, maybe with someone more important than you, and you always think to yourself, man, I've got to prove myself. I've got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta do something to make them know I'm, I'm worthwhile. Imagine if that was gone from, from your thought process. Imagine if you were at a family uh, gathering and you had those people in your family that were always so annoying or they always did this or that and you walked in and you were like, you know, whatever. I can, I can, go, I can go to Christmas dinner through Christ who gives me strength. I can walk into that meeting through Christ who gives me strength. Now, again, this has nothing to do with accomplishing. It has almost the opposite. It's not, I'm going to win that account. For Christ who gives me strength. No, I'm going to try my hardest. And if we don't get the account, I've learned what it means to be happy with the account without the account. I'm going to go for that job. And I'm going to try to nail the, the interview. But if I don't, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, so, so how, do we, how do we do that? Because it sounds awesome. And imagine, like, what if, what if in the relationship series, six weeks, right, we just got this. 
We, we, just got, we just got to where we're not insecure anymore. Where we don't have to prove ourselves. We don't have to defend ourselves. We don't have to. And, and, and what if that impact impacted our relationships? And what if you attended a church where everybody was like that? Giving, you know, at, at a small group, you were like, oh, you know what, I don't, whatever. Can you imagine that? What, what if? It's not just our church because we're kind of already there. We're awesome. Uh, what if it just spread to church after church after church after church? And all we did, we just got this idea that I don't, I don't need, it doesn't matter what you think about me or it doesn't matter. I, I can do all this. I, it, whether I've, I've made it or I haven't made it, I'm good. I'm in a meeting and everyone's going, ah, well, the reason this works is because I said this and, and you're just whatever. I think we changed the world. I really do. Now here, here's the thing. That's the big vision. I just want to change me. Okay? I, I just want to start with me. What if I could go into a meeting and I don't have to defend myself? Here's, let me give you one of my insecurities. Uh, so, since, you know, it, um, we used to have, a, um, I was in ministry and, um, you know, I just decided to change the example. When I first got into ministry, I wanted to show I could do it. I had never done it before. I was in business before, and I felt like I could do that. And so when I first arrived here at Living Spring, for my first three years, I just wanted to prove I could do it. Now, here's the thing. I, I couldn't do it. There's, there's just no way to meet expectations. So what I found myself doing in different conversations when I first got here and in different environments was I found myself changing who I was to fit that person's expectation. Now, you know what the problem was? Me. (laughs) That was the problem. It was my own insecurity that was causing that. And so when I was trying to be something I'm not, if I'm a cherry tomato plant, and, I'm, and I get into a group of impatience, right? Did I get that right? <laughs> impatience, okay. There's a little tag back here. I'm awesome. Uh, and I'm trying to be this. Over time, I'm going to be really bad at this, right? Because I'm trying too hard. This needs shade, full shade. This needs sun. And so if I'm constantly around in the full shade, I'm going to die, but if I can get how God created me and, 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 and warts and all with my past, the things I've done, whatever, I can own it, accept it, and I can just be me because it's through him who strengthens me to do that. I'm going to be the healthiest pastor that I can be. And in all my relationships with my spouse, with my kids, when I get around other parents and they're like, look at my kid. And I, the thing I want to do is be like, well, my kid, you know, all these types of things. You, you, you're there. So how do we do that? Let me give you just a couple um, scriptures real quick that are really cool. The first is this. We talk about, re, you know, reading your Bible all the time. And uh, this one right here is just really great. Hebrews 4.12 is this. For the word of God is, active, uh, is alive and active. Now, I just want you to get this. This just means that you as an alive and active human being, when you go to the word, it addresses you. This is just exciting. You don't have to come and you don't come to the word as a static document and come to it and say, I've got to be this certain person for it to apply to me. 
It's alive and it's active. And watch what it says. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing your soul and spirit. It can get in there. You want to know what your insecurities are? are? Open up the word of God and just see how where you, the verses you want, you just want to fly over. Like, ah, that must have been for a different time. You probably identified one of your insecurities. Now watch what it says. It says, of joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now listen, when you underline that in your Bible or you read that, what we normally think of the Bible is judging the thoughts and intentions of the heart going, that's bad, that's good. And so it judges and it, it renders a verdict. That is not what that word judges means. It's as though you took something to an appraiser and that appraiser knows what that item is supposed to look like. And the appraiser takes it, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, you know, pawn stars or whatever, where they take their stuff and they're wanting to sell it for a certain amount. And so they grab that and, an, and they call in an expert. And that expert goes and he looks at it and he says, hey, what happened right here? Did this fall down? It looks like this is cracked a little bit. And you were hoping that the appraiser wouldn't see that and you get more money and you look and he goes, yeah, this, this crack is bad. That's what God does. He takes your heart and he says, have you, did somebody drop this a while ago? You're like, no, nobody's, no, it's not supposed to have this big stitching going through it. It, It's not supposed to be this small. It's not supposed to, and then here's what he does. Then he says, let's get this restored. That's what the word of God does. The word of God doesn't just go, oh, let me see your thoughts and intentions of the heart. Let me see them. Oh. Bad, good. I just judged it. Guilty. He says, come here, let me see that. Now, so this is the word of God. This is one of the things, this is why in our church, we're constantly telling you, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. It's the, it's the best way to be able to look and go, you know what? I think I have an issue here in my heart. And if we address it, our relationships get better. Here's another thing I wanted you to see. And this is the, ver- this is, When you're like, well, I don't know where to start in the Bible. Start with this next verse we're going to give you. Psalm 139, the whole psalm, all week long. This is fantastic. How do we get rid of these insecurities? You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. In other words, you know the physical space I take up. You know me. You know when I'm sitting, when I'm supposed to be standing, when I'm standing, I'm supposed to be sitting. You know when I sit, when I get up. You know all that. You know when my feet are hurt. You know all that stuff. But it goes even, even farther than that. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Like now, not only do you see me where I am, but you, you get into my brain. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. When I walk into a meeting or I'm around a family member and I start doing that thing because I'm insecure, you know that. You know that way. When I'm sitting there and I, I just, I'm at a meeting and I have to defend myself, I have, he, 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 from afar, he goes, oh, here we go. <laughs> he's gonna, I know what he's gonna do, you know. When you wake up in the morning and you go to look in the mirror and your body doesn't look the way you think and you, you just look and you go, and the Lord goes, oh, you're going to 
value yourself on your body again. Don't do that. From afar, he knows you like that. He knows me like that. He says, you're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. Not only what I'm going to say, but why I'm going to say it. That's what it means to know it completely. You know why I'm saying it. Even before I say it. From afar, you know my ways. You see me in situations and go, oh boy. Let's see if he gets it. Let's see if she gets it. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand on me. And watch what he says. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. If you think about those verses, and this is what I'd like you to read this week, these verses, th- there'll be many times where you are reading that verse going, Ugh. there'll be many times you'll be at work or in the home or about ready to turn something on or about ready to watch something, and you're going to go, Duh. he's watching me. He knows me. He knows what I'm thinking about. He knows what goes on in my mind. He knows the excuses I make. Watch this. So what do you want to do when that happens? You want to run. You want to go, okay, I'll get to a place where God can't find me. Listen to this. We talked about the, spirit, the, the word of God changing our, catching our insecurities. Now the spirit of God catches them. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to church, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths uh, at a club, you're there. If I rise with the wings of the dawn, I'm an early riser, you're there. If I sit on the far side of the sea, you're there. Even there, your hand will, what? Guide me. See, even when I want to get away from the Lord, even when I want to just go, okay, I'm going to handle this myself, he's there. When I'm about ready to open my mouth and say something I shouldn't say because I'm insecure about myself, he's there to say, hey, 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 shh, don't do that. He's there to guide us. Look, where can I go from your spirit? If I go to the heavens, you're there. The depths, you're there. To guide me, not judge me. To say, look, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You don't, you can get rid of that. You you don't have to worry about how anyone else sees you. All you have to worry about is how I see you. I give you value. I've accepted you. I love you. I've done everything I can to enter in a relationship with you. That's all you have to worry about is me. And wherever you go, I'm going to be there to guide you. No wonder he says such ideas are too lofty for me. Some of us have gotten in so much trouble because of our insecurities. Because we wanted to look a certain way. We wanted to act a certain way. We wanted to be accepted. And so we did things we shouldn't have done. You know where the Lord was? He was right there wanting to guide. Goes on. um, So that's verse uh, 7. And then it, it talks about... You know, darkness. Well, we'll just make everything dark. And he comes to the conclusion, now you'll, you'll see me there. It's like light to you. And then he goes this way. Listen, when you think about these different plants, this is what the word of God says. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. We look at our bodies, we look at our minds, we look at our history, our past, uh, the different things we've done, and we think, I'm damaged. And your heavenly father would say, when you enter your relationships, you enter them in secure in me. 
If you look like that and you're surrounded with people like look like that, just know this is the way I created you. He said, but man, if you knew my, past, my family history is a wreck. He says, you know what? I'll take that and let's turn that into something. Yeah, it happened. That, that helped shape you to who you are. But let's just turn it around. I'm fear, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen to this. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. As the worship band returns, the conclusion that the psalmist comes to at the end here is what I just hope you would just get this week before we enter into all these different tools we're going to use for relationships. This is the, the, this, the, the psalm ends with this, these last two verses. And it is God's heart cry for you and I. Every conversation we're in, every situation we're in, this is God's heart cry for you to just open your heart to him. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. Analyze me. Why am I thinking this way? Why do I feel insecure now? Why do I feel disrespected? Why do I feel anger? Search me. Know me. See. Test. See if there's any offensive way in me. And then lead me. See, it's not just a judgment of, well, here are your problems. It's, I've noticed some things. And, and you weren't created for that. So we're going to move you in this direction. We're going to prune you to be who I've created you to be in your particular setting, your particular situation.